Amen. Well, today we've got a uh, wonderful speaker coming to share. Some of you know her, many of you may not, but most of you I'm sure will. Chris Robinson is coming. Let's let her know we appreciate her. Chris is a uh, teacher in her heart, and she loves to teach the Word of God, and today she's going to share. Okay, it's, she's just going to share. It's, it's a good one, though, and um, I really want you to give your ear to her and open your heart. She's going to share some things about, you know, this is, we're, we're talking about growing up this year, right? Are we talking about growing up? Is anyone committed to, to growing up? You know, this stuff doesn't work itself out except in the context a lot of times with our relationships. And so Chris is going to share today on some good things. So just extend your hand towards her as we release her to be who she is and share the anointing that's on her life. And Father, we just agree with this uh, word that's going to come forth, God. We thank you for the truth that you've shown Chris. I ask you, God, to help our hearts to receive it today. God, give her the words to say, anoint her mind, her thoughts, and uh, just give her a great amount of peace today, Lord. We thank you for her, and we love her in Jesus' name. Amen. Did I get it? Hey, look at that. Okay, I feel like I'm too close to this thing. Is that going to cause, am I going to? It is loud. I just can't go this way. No? You can. You squeak a little bit. I don't want to squeak. I'll come over here. Can I be right here in this happy space? Because that's right there, and that's nice. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Well, much better, because that thing scares me. I've heard that feedback. Okay, am I now really hot still? I'm good. Not loud. Hot equaling loud. We're going to go there today. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's really funny that Tom was trying to say part two, and I'm like, well, that was a year ago, like almost completely a year ago, um, when I shared the first time. And so just a real quick debriefing, um, God's really put a heart for unity in me. Um, he started doing it through many different experiences, but when it's all said and done, the main thing is that he wants me to have a passion for unity um, within our body, within other bodies combined with ours, um, and within the world. And so um, God's using me as a tool. <laughs> and when I say that, it's really funny because what I want to share with you is not something that I necessarily believe is just for you at all. It's actually been for me. Um, God's taken me on a journey and the experience of walking in love. And it's been really interesting um, to be a part of that journey. Uh, a lot of you have been a part of this journey with me. And um, <clears throat> the desire is to give you what God's given me today. So if you're open and willing to receive, this is what God's given me. It was for me. It always was for me. Always will be for me. But you can learn from it too. So it's that thing of God saying, okay, put it out on the table. This is what you've gone through. This is what you've done. Now let them see it and let them 
take it if, it, if, if they can take it. So um, my heart today, not to point a finger, but to share my revelation um, and the transformation process God's been doing in my life. Um, I believe there's some biblical tools that he's given me that I'm going to impart to you today to strengthen your relationships. So we've all been in situations in our lives where we can do what's easy and we can do what's hard. And unfortunately, God showed me a few years back that I was doing what was easy. Um, I would find myself in situations where um, God said, hey, I'm going to grow you up and I'm going to mature you and I'm going to refine your character. And I'm like, oh, really? Great. So what is it you got for me today, God? What I found out was that I was walking in a pattern of the world. Right? Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We all know that, right? So I'm just walking along thinking I'm fine. I'm not as bad as those people in the world, so I'm okay. And what God showed me was that I was still acting like I was a part of the world. And I was talking about my feelings towards others, with others rather than going to that person. And it snuck up on me. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, well, this just happened, and I'm so frustrated, and you just think you need to vent, right? I mean, you, you, you all have probably been in this situation at some point in your lives, and you just think you need to vent. And so what God showed me was that I was acting in a way that led to division rather than to unity. And so slowly... Um, for years now, God has really been working in me, and I've been guilty. I was guilty yesterday. Darn the luck, you know, you try your best. <laughs> you always get tested on everything that God gives you, right? Um, and so even yesterday, there was an opportunity. There was a woman that I used to work with that hurt my heart a lot. And, I, and notice what I just said, hurt my heart a lot. And the thing that happens when your heart gets hurt is that you go, ooh, you are toxic, you are a problem, and you hurt me. And then we start to become defensive, and then when we become defensive, we start pointing a finger. And so I was in a situation with a relative, and there was this woman came up in topic. We know her both, and I said a few not nice things. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just like cutting her all up and slandering her, but I still have to walk daily and watch when my heart is hurting, because that's when we are vulnerable to things such as this, that big, ugly word, gossip, right? We can call it gossip because it's really what it is. So, um, you know, and, and we as Christians even do this. And it's, it's hard because we think we're not. We really think we're not. We think we're helping a lot of times. A lot of times we will, we, will, we will sit together and we'll be like, can we help a sister out? Yes, we can. Let's talk about her and what's going on in her life and what's wrong with her. Let me just give you a little tip. This is what God's shown me. Maybe you won't agree with it, but if what you're saying is not encouraging or edifying of a person, then you shouldn't be saying it unless you're saying it to the person with a heart to work out something. Does that make sense? Let me say it again. If it's not encouraging, if it's not edifying, if you couldn't sit there in front of that person and say those words and not hurt their heart, guess what? You're gossiping. 
okay? So we as Christians do it. And here's the thing. I was just on my mosey little journey. You know, God was refining me. And as he was refining me, he showed me major problems. And he said, yeah, there's a problem going on. And I started looking at other people. I started looking at other people, and I started saying, gosh, God, they really have a problem. Have you ever done that? They have a problem. There's something wrong with them. Ooh, I see. Ew, that's ugly. They're sitting there talking about somebody. And it's pretty, it's pretty bad. And I started looking at them. And I started doing this. I can't believe they are gossiping. Did your parents ever tell you when you point a finger? Uh-oh. <laughs> What's happening when you point that finger? You got three coming back at you. I have a dear friend who told me, if you do it like this, you got a finger pointing to the solution. Or a thumb, rather. And that's God. And so God said, hey, <clears throat> guess what? I want to show you something. Come here. And he gave me something like this. And he said, look at that. I want you to look at that. Wait just, wait just a second. You're pointing and you're looking at them and you're saying, I can't believe how awful this is. It's ugly. Because why? It, it upset me. Because it's against biblical principle, right? And it upset me and I'm all frustrated. But then he said, here, I want you to take this out. This is my mirror. I want you to look at my mirror. I want you to look at you for just a second. Look at you. And I did. And it was ugly. And what I realized, not only was that ugly, <laughs> that I was, <gasps> I was a gossip too. Even though I didn't think I was as bad as they were, I was still doing it. To a degree, we all fall short, right? We are imperfect, but I was still doing it too. I would be guilty of just standing there while it was happening. I'm not saying anything. It's not my place to say anything. Uh, yeah, it is. And so, as I had to reflect on myself, God showed me something he resists. Right? That wonderful P word. Pride. I was in pride. And it took me a good while. You know, I mean, I was, I, I trust God's timing. You all trust that God has perfect timing and we know that and, so it's really funny. It was always hit or miss for the second half to happen. Always hit or miss. You know, I was ready and they weren't, or they were ready and I wasn't. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I just get that done that day? And the Holy Spirit's why. The Holy Spirit's why because he wasn't done doing his work. I mean, he's still not done, right? We're always at work. But he needed to reveal to my heart where I still had that ugliness. I was in pride, and I still, to a degree, thought it was somebody else's problem. And if they could just fix what's wrong with them, <laughs> then we would all be okay. We could be united. And no, it's pretty ugly, and it's hard to see in yourself. But I hope that today God softens your heart and gives you the chance to think about that. Um, Oftentimes, if you're sitting there, this is just from my experience, I could be wrong, but if you're sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, well, I could name Susie Q and Josie Mae and 
Hubba Jean and whoever, you know, and, and they have this issue, and it's their problem. Stop for a second, okay? And pull this out. Seek the Lord and say, okay, God, do I have a problem with this? Don't just think it's for somebody else. Please, anytime there's any word, not just this one, but any word, don't just think this is for somebody else. It's possibly for you. Because what God has shown me over the years of my wonderful refinement is that I will see something that is frustrating, irritating, ugh, to me that somebody else is doing. If I humble myself and I seek the Lord on it, what oftentimes happens is that I see that very same thing that they're doing in me. And God is giving you an opportunity to get the yuck out. Okay, He's giving you the opportunity to get the yuck out. So please... Think about those things, okay? And, and pray and seek the Lord and ask him to put the mirror in your face. Because, I mean, I could go over here and I could show you what I looked like even a year ago. Maybe I can. We'll see. <laughs> Excuse me, Barb. You got, you got something in your eye right there. You see that? What was that, Chris? <laughs> oh, get the plank out of your eye, right? I think God gave us that for a reason, right? I think God gave us that for a reason. So don't walk around like that because I know I did, okay? And, and, and I know that God wants more for us than that. So that wonderful discipline that I've been walking out, let's just go to Hebrews 12, 11 for a second. We know that scripture, right? I think it's one of Eric's favorite of all time. So, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been, ooh, key word there, trained by it. Because this has been a form of training for me. And so... I found a translation that I thought was pretty cute. I like this one real well. It's from God's, words God's Word Translation. It says, We don't enjoy being disciplined. It always seems to cause more pain than joy. But later on, those who learn from that discipline have peace that comes from doing what is right. That's huge. I want that peace that comes from doing what is right. And it's so easy. It's so easy. There are so many times where you realize that God's speaking to you, you know. And uh, there's so many times when you're like, oh, this is me. So God's been giving me a humble heart. And uh, it's taken some time. I hope I give you the courage today to apply his word, to become stronger and more united. So take these tools, hopefully, that I'm giving you today and apply them to your lives. And I promise you'll see fruit. So this revelation that God has given me has a key scripture involved. He's highlighted something to me over and over and over again. And you know, usually that means, hey, look at it. Flashlights on it. Let's, let's stay here for a minute. So God's done that with me. And it's Matthew 18. 15 through 17. 
Do you put that first scripture up there with that? Thank you, Dalton. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Stop right there. Okay. This scripture is pretty well known, right? It's the confrontation scripture. I want you to look at it from a new perspective today, okay? My goal is for you to look at this from a new perspective today. And um, let's just stop and look at the word confront for just a second, okay? If I were to take the word confront, and then some of you do this when you study the Bible, a word will be highlighted to you, and you'll, and you'll look up the definition, and you'll look it up in the concordance, and you'll do a word study, right? Eric's talked about that before. So I looked up the word confront because it sounds so ugly. I mean, have you heard somebody, I got to go confront somebody? It sounds ugly. That's not what God intended, I believe. Because when we look at the modern day definition, it says to face in hostility or defiance. That's our modern day definition. Another one says meet someone face to face with hostile or argumentative intent. I'm going to go tell you what you did wrong. Right? I'm going to call you out. The Hebrew word, kadam, to meet, come or be in front, go before. What's missing in that? Hostile, right? It's not a fight. It's not me going to you and telling you how you're wrong and what you've done and I can't believe you, 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 you. Whoa. You, right? It's going with a different heart and a different mindset. And I believe that the world has distorted this, right? And so we even think about confronting another brother as pointing a finger, okay? We don't think about confronting another brother as, hey, let's talk this out. Can we talk about this? Something's not right here. Something's not right in our relationship, and I want to fix it. That's what confront should mean. Now, let's, let's not leave the scripture behind for just a second, because when you study and look at it, the intent of this scripture, if you'll put that back up there, the last one that you just had up, the intent of the scripture is to call out when someone sins against you, right? Okay? And it does say against you. Now, when we think about sin, okay, we often think about it as someone's doing wrong against God's word. Okay, that's what sin is. And um, in 2 Timothy, it talks about confronting in a different way. Um, and so I'm going to give you the simple definition of confrontation from 2 Timothy. Confrontation, you can put 2 Timothy up there. Is that on there? Yeah. Is it? Ah, sweet. Look, I don't look there. Thank you. Um, confrontation, simply defined from the words in 2 Timothy, shows people how they are intoxicated or deceived by the lies of the world, the flesh, and the devil. So if we read all of this in 2 Timothy, there could be simply defined that, you know what? We're intoxicated. We're deceived by lies. Okay? And so what we're doing is we're opening our eyes to see. So by going and pointing out sin, sometimes when we're in sin, we don't realize it, right? And so sometimes it takes somebody to show us. And so that, I believe, is where God is saying, he's saying, hey, show them because they're blind, they're deceived, they're intoxicated by lies, whether it come from the devil, whether it come from their flesh, whether it come from the world, they're deceived. 
So that's where the intent of that scripture comes from. But I believe wholeheartedly that that should be done with the leading of who? The Holy Spirit through prayer and confirmation, right? It's not just like, oh, I see her over there and she's sleeping around on her husband and I'm going to go tell her she's wrong because the Bible says so. Is that your job, just to do that, just to call it out? No, not unless who tells you, right? The Holy Spirit. So again, we even misuse the basis of the scripture on a, on a regular basis because we like to tell people what they need to fix, okay? Um, and you know what? When you look in 2 Timothy and you keep reading on, it says that we should do this, okay? We should call to attention in kindness, in patience, in gentleness, and we should teach them so that their hearts will be changed. Paul says to gently instruct. Now, I don't know about you, but when you've seen people confront, oh, I'm going to confront her or whatever, that got really loud, um, then what are they usually doing? Are they coming gently? No. I'm going to tell you, right? I mean, how many Jerry Springer spinoffs do we have from confrontation? I'm going to tell you what you're doing wrong. So, I really, really hope that God is showing you how to be humble and how to do so with integrity through these words today. So, in Matthew, and I hear a baby crying, so my brain just went, Squirrel, is that my son? <laughs> is that him in a freak-out mode? I don't know. Um, so, in Matthew, um, I believe that this biblical model can also be used to bring unity to the body and strengthen our relationships. Um, it can actually restore relationships that have been severed, and it can also help to correct those behaviors such as gossip. Because if you're going to somebody and talking to them about how you feel, if I go to you, Michelle, and I'm like, oh, I feel yuck, what's going on between us? And I talk to you, I'm not going to be as likely to go to Barb or my husband and talk about you because I've talked to you. And therefore, the gossip goes, gets its head cut off, right? Okay, so let's look at Matthew 18, 15 through 17, and see what we should do, okay? Obviously, if another believer sins against us, we go privately and point out the offense. Now, if you look at this from a different perspective, and you look at it as an opportunity to go face-to-face -to, -face to someone, and you talk to them, it brings change in relationship. I can tell you that I've walked this out a lot in the last year. God didn't let me off the hook. God kept showing me, okay, there's a breach in this relationship. This relationship is not where it should be. It's not smooth. Things are not right. So guess what? You're going to talk to them about it. You're going to confront. And guess what else? He had them doing that with me. Okay? So over the last year, I've had lots of beautiful opportunities to screw up and then to talk it out. And what I found is that every time something beautiful happened, every time I went in a humble heart, or every time they came to me in a humble heart and said, let's fix this, we walked away stronger, more united. Now, the alternative could have happened. In all those scenarios, the alternative could have happened. And what would have happened? I would have gone to a friend because I was upset and I was hurt. And I would have vented. 
And I would have complained, and I would have said, hear me out, help me, help me feel this out here, okay? I'm really upset about this situation. Just tell me if I'm right. Should I be upset? Should I not be upset? Do we do that? Oh, yeah, we do. And sadly, some of us women are worse about it. And so we would go to them, and then we would talk, and then we would feel better. And then what would happen? Somebody would find out that we felt better and talked about them. What happened to that relationship that if I had talked to them one-on-one, and it did, and it was fruitful, what would have happened? It would have severed it even more. And I'm not going to tell you that that didn't happen, because it has. Darn the luck, I did it. <laughs> you know, I spoke out of a frustrated heart at times. I vented to a friend. I had that safe person, because, you know, we have those safe people that we talk it out with, and that safe person, and I created a divide in relationship. And so um, I learned from that, and the people that I did that with learned from that, and it's all a journey, okay? And we all work really, really hard to do this on a regular basis, and then we'll start seeing some resolution. So um, it takes something really big, though, to be able to do that. I have... A dear friend who, every time she needed to confront me or every time she needed to talk to me about her feelings, she'd be like, all right, I'm calling you because, well, I have to do the hard thing. I hate doing this. I hate doing this. It feels so yucky. But she took courage, and she was vulnerable. And that's huge. What you're doing is you're opening yourself up, and you're like, okay, I'm hurt, and you hurt me. And I'm going to say, look, Here's everything that you did that hurt me, and I'm going to open myself up and expose the truth and give you the opportunity to either, A, hurt me more, (laughs) or fix it. And so that vulnerability, that into me, as Denny Silk says, right? We love Danny Silk. Into me, you see. Because when when you're vulnerable and when you have intimacy in a relationship, then you're opening yourself up, okay? and you can see into me. And so when you talk to someone in a heart to confront, to talk it out and let's fix this thing, it's totally different than if you go to someone and confront and say, I can't believe you did that. Can't believe you hurt me like that. You're awful. Or Susie, guess what? I can't believe Susie's just a name. Sorry, not you. You know I love you. But, you know, Susie, I can't believe you did that. Sally, Susie, I used to use those when I was teaching. So, But um, this baby's having a freak out moment here. It's not going to help that he hears me talking over the mic now, is it? No, not at all. Dylan, you may drive home and get a bottle of formula out of the refrigerator and give it to him. Just saying. All right. So, oh, sorry, that's being recorded. Anyhow, um, the other thing that is really important is, you know, I've said that fix. You want to fix somebody. It's your heart behind why you're going to them. Is it really to mend the relationship? Is it really to restore what's been severed? Or is your heart behind it really to be like, "Uh uh-huh, you did something. Uh Uh-huh, you are a problem. So your heart intent is huge in this. Um, And it makes a big difference. And if you're planning on judging or controlling another person's thinking, behaviors, attitudes, or values, then um, don't go to them, okay? Go to God. 
You say, all right, Lord, help me out with this because I'm feeling like I want to call them out on their crap. And if I want to do that, then I've got something wrong because my heart is wrong. It's not to restore a relationship. Um, and a lot of times, that's pride. You know, a lot of times when we want to point a finger, we're protecting ourselves. And, you know, anger comes out too, right? And those are defensive responses to protect yourself. Many, many times I found that I was doing the talking about someone because I was insecure, because I didn't feel safe, because I was hurt. And so I took control and protected myself by making somebody else the problem. Okay? Um, so if you have that heart to fix somebody else, again, please allow the Lord to speak truth to your heart and go to him. And, I mean, you know, that safe person that everybody always wants to have, that safe person to talk it out with and to vent to and complain to, and you're okay because you're my best friend, and I can tell you how I'm feeling about Suzy Q. <coughs> Guess what? It's like taking a brick full of all your crap and it's handing it off to them. Here, Barb, take my offense. Take it up. It's yours now. Because oh, it's okay. Because I had these yucky feelings and I needed to vent and talk it out with you. And guess what? I went, here you go. I feel better. And then now how does Barb feel about that person? Well, she's got it in her possession now. She's got that offense in her lap, and she says, ooh, now I feel that yucky feeling about that person. Ooh. And then what if Barb goes to somebody else to vent to get this yucky feeling off, and then she's just passing it around. And then before we know it, everybody feels yucky about poor Susie Q because we were all cleaning ourselves up, making ourselves feel better venting to that safe person. Okay, you see how that trickles? You see how that infects our body, causing division, not unity? So we need to be careful how we respond out of hurt. And I'm going to let Danny Silk talk to you for a second. If you'll pull up that video for me, Chad Dalton. I'm going to let Danny Silk talk to you for a second and see what he says about hurt and being vulnerable. Most people in that situation, when we're hurt, is what we then do is start pointing out all your fail failings yeah, and all your faults. And you talked about this pulling back and opening <laughs> your heart. Intimacy. Oh. Intimacy is into me you see because I show you. Mm. you know, and when I show you me, when I communicate with you, you get to see how you're affecting me. But when I get hurt or scared and I start doing this... It's to control you. Right. I want control of you. I'll never get control of you because you're not going to agree with my judgments of you. Right. And so we're going to have a disagreement that injures our relationship. But when your powerful hurts me and I show you that I'm hurt, you get to show the best you that you have by being free around my hurt and you get to respond and heal protect, whatever. You have a different response when you're powerful than when I'm accusing you. So, I think he says it so much 
better than I can. That's why I, I thought, you know, I'm going to show this video. Plus, you know, I need a drink of water, right? Now, um, so show the best you. You get to show the best you when you are confronted in humility and love. That's what he's saying. When, when I have someone come to me and they confront me in humility and love, and some of you have done a beautiful job of that, when you do that, you give me that opportunity to show the best me I have. And the same is true in reverse. So let's go ahead, because I'm the teacher. I'm not the preacher. I'm the teacher. And so I like to give you baby steps. I like to lay it all out on the table. If you're a note taker, this is a great time. If you're not a note table, I have some notes back there for you if you don't like to write. So they're back on the table if you need them. But um, Gage is like, yeah, that's me. I don't know. Note table back there. There's notes on that table. Did you not know that? Note table? If you're not a note table, don't take notes because you're not a note table. There. Gotcha. See? That's so nice because that's my comfort zone, those people. All right. So go ahead and put that PowerPoint on for me. And let's go ahead and dissect our wonderful scripture that God's given us. Matthew 18, 15 through 17. Moreover, New King James Version, I'll just read it to you. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. New King James Version, between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. So, step number one, PowerPoint on. Is it ready? Oh, yay. And I have it on, and I'm clicking. Ah, there it is. Well, well, kind of. Um, when do we confront? I should have pulled this up earlier. When do we confront? I've already told you. It's great when we confront when there's sin and they're blind and they don't see it and God says, hey, go do this for me. Not when you say, oh, you got an issue, right? When there's division in a relationship, often due to miscommunication, offense, or hurt feelings, then that's when we should go and confront or talk it out. Okay, so the steps then. Click. I always had a mouse. Never had this clicker guy. So, so step one. Obviously, your goal is not to what? Point a finger, fix somebody else. Your goal is to restore the relationship. When confronting, we restore our relationship. You need to pray and examine your heart and your motive for confronting. Why do I want to confront? Okay? And a lot of times we do this to validate our feelings, right? I feel hurt. You did something to hurt me, and I want righteousness, that I'm right. I'm right, you did something wrong and you hurt me, so I need validation that I'm in the right for being upset. And that's a lot of times when we do the, you know, talk it out with a friend thing. We need validated. We need them to say, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he did you wrong. Yeah, that's okay. You're okay. When really, that's just a form of pride, defending your heart, or you're fearing rejection, right? Do you remember that whole series that Eric did on rejection? Okay, so this is one of those woo red flags. If I want to validate how I feel, then I may be fearing rejection. A lot of times we want to expose the other person's wrong. 
we're in pride. We're being defensive. We're saying, I'm right. You're wrong. Again, the wrong heart. Hopefully, if your heart is to restore the relationship, then it's going to bring harmony, 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 humility, and unity to everyone involved. And of course, the scripture says to go first and alone, not to seek out prior counsel to sort out your feelings, not to do that. Again, what happens when you do that? I just hand you my offense and you can take it up, okay? Because I'm upset with that person, so I'm going to give it to you so you feel upset with that person too. That's what you're doing. So don't sort out your feelings. Who is that number one safe person to, to do that with? Your spouse? Not really. It's Jesus. It's your, it's your Father God. He's the one. The Holy Spirit is the one that you can sort these things out with. And trust him because he can do it. And he may just show you that you're the problem and not that person. And he may just give you that beautiful opportunity to grow in character. All right? So, then, of course, don't let that ugly thing stop you. Because this is a scary thing to do, to be vulnerable, to open up intimacy, to say, you hurt me, and you're going to hurt me again if I go to you, so I'm afraid. I don't want to do this. I don't want to tell you how I feel, because you're just going to use it against me. So, did I click? There it goes. Going first and alone with a humble heart. Seek understanding of their heart rather than to share your feelings. Can you do that? Can you see from somebody else's perspective? Can you, can you put what you feel aside and go to them? Now, <clears throat> usually this is all it takes. Going to them and saying, this is how I feel. This is what happened. Now, now, let me pause there for a second. I used to teach communication to my students. How many of you have heard of iMessages? iMessages. Let me explain an iMessage to you. This is a great way to keep somebody from feeling a quick desire to defend and protect themselves. Barb, I feel hurt when you don't show up for our play date. And I just want you to know that that really makes me feel unimportant. And I'd like for you to at least call me if you're not going to make it. I message. Now, what could I have done to Barb? Barb, you didn't show up for our play date, and it really made me mad. You don't care about me. I'm done, right? Because we do that, okay? So it's all in how you approach someone and how you respond to them that makes a huge difference. So, now here's the big thing. What if it doesn't work? What if you went to them in humility and they still, there's still a sever in the relationship. Things aren't working well. There's still a divide, then what does God say? Let's look at Matthew 15 again. You can pull up the next scripture. 
If we've gone to them first and alone in humility, ooh, wait, first and alone in humility, not sort it out, then go, no. First and alone, then in humility. If we've done that and they don't hear you, if he hears you, you've gained your brother, right? But if you are unsuccessful, you need to take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Now, here's the thing about that. This whole scripture was meant to be used for confronting what? Sin. Okay? But it also can restore a relationship. So if you guys still can't work it out one-on-one and you're talking it out and it's still yucky and you can't get this fixed, then you can take another one, two, three people. Okay? But here's the thing that happens, sadly. We... I'll go over to Nathan. I'll be like, Nathan, I got a problem with Tom Preble. And we've tried to work it out, and it's not working. So, listen, I'm going to tell you what happened, okay? And then I tell him everything that happened. And then I say, okay, Nathan, will you come and help us work this out? What have I just done? I've set Tom up for failure. I've set me up for failure. And I've given that brick to Nathan, Okay, so if you get to that position where your relationship is still severed or they're still not seeing their blindness to their sin, then another counsel or more comes with, but you don't share. You don't share because you're going to give them the chance to be swayed. Okay, this person should be a neutral party. And they should be able to listen to both perspectives without having feelings of influence on one side or the other. This person will hopefully shed light on the blind spots where you guys can't work it out, where you're not seeing each other. And this person will use God's wisdom to help you resolve it rather than take up sides. I think that this sometimes gets skewed, okay? And it's not done according to God's word. And we should be humble to whoever our mediator is anytime we're in, type, in a type of conflict, right? Um, and give them grace. Um, because sometimes truth and conviction hurts. And that's when pride tries to come in, right? When we feel conviction, we don't like it. It feels yucky. And we just want to go, okay, there's still the problem. Okay? So allow God to humble your heart and allow him to help you. So if the relationship is not restored, seek that neutral and mature individual. They listen to both perspectives. And, of course, I've learned a lot um, in the last couple of years. And I've learned that sometimes we just need to keep our thoughts and our opinions between ourselves and God. Plain and simple. Sometimes it's really just an issue of i got to work something out in me. If we can get to that point of maturity where we are not finding somebody else to be our problem, but rather looking internally and using that mirror that God has for us and say, okay, why do I feel this way, Lord? Why do I feel yucky? Why why am I so frustrated? Why am I angry? Why am I angry? If we can talk to God about those things rather than each other, the change that can happen in our atmosphere is tremendous. So if you find yourself frequently looking at someone else, let this word resonate in your heart, okay? If you find yourself looking to someone else for the problem, think back to that mirror, okay? 
think back to that mirror, and I know like a year ago, Shelly used an example of a mirror too, which was funny because I already had it in plans to use a mirror, so that's really God. But she gave you a little card, right? And that little card said, did I click that or did you? <laughs> Go back. Um, that little card, you're distracting them. Uh, that little card had a mirror on it, okay? And I've kept that in my Bible, and it's a beautiful reminder of not only her word, but the word that God gave me that I need to look at me. And um, observe what you're doing before you point that finger and judge other people. You know, I used the example last time of teams. I'm getting really close to this baby. This might be dangerous. And I said, all right, so which team are you playing on? And I ask myself this question every day. Am I playing on team division, right? Which team am I playing on? Which isn't God's team? Or am I playing on team unity? Right? Green means go, red means stop. Oh, I like the subliminal. Um, because really, it's all about his kingdom. Amen. It's not about me. Yep. It's all about his kingdom. It's not about me. And if we can get that heart and we can be humble and let God refine us, then we'll realize that people are not our enemy as We've heard over the last year, there are several words that have come forth, and people are not our, men, our enemy. Our true enemy is who? The devil. Spiritual battle we're up against, not each other. It's not a battle of flesh and blood. It's, right, a battle against principalities from Ephesians. And a lot of times we believe lies, and these lies cause us to feel rejected, and then we reject somebody else, and then we get into this big gossip mill, and then we divide right? So don't let rejection operate in your life. We need to allow God's truth to determine who we are and not our emotions. As Tom shared when he was teaching us about spiritual maturity just not that long ago, he said that a victim mentality prevents you from acknowledging that you have done something wrong. Are you walking in a victim mentality? Is that why they're the problem and not you? It creates a denial of responsibility or power over yourself. You can't control yourself because I just that hurt me. It's not my fault. They did it. And then we make things someone else's fault. And then others are wrong and you're right. And then that's just pride and division in relationships and not unity through humility. I've been through this. I'm still going through it. It's an everyday struggle. Believe me, you get among non-believers, it's even harder. It's even harder because it's so immersed in our culture. It's not a big deal to talk about someone. Well, again, if it's not encouraging and edifying and you couldn't say it to their face without hurting their heart, guess what? You shouldn't be saying it. Think about that. Be that light to the world instead of feeding the darkness. My favorite version of Matthew 18 is from the message. And it says, If a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. Work it out between the two of you. And if he listens, you've made a friend. That sums it up, ladies and gentlemen. That sums up what God's given me. I didn't find that version until last night. So you see, 
That's confirmation to my heart. God does want us to use this powerful tool of confronting or talking it out to restore our relationships. And I pray that you do restore your relationships using this model. I pray you do talk it out in the right heart motive. And I pray you do go to someone and say, ouch, that hurt. Here, I'm open. I'm vulnerable. Hit me or love me. Let's fix this. Because I know I've personally had the, the opportunity to do this over and over again. And every time, it is always more fruitful because I've gone to them rather than behind their back. So I pray the Holy Spirit and God's word guide you as you walk in love and create unity. Amen. Well, let's, um, let's go to the Lord right now. I believe that um, if you will seek him, that he'll put someone in your heart right now who this applies to. I believe that if you will... Ask him right now. He'll show you that person you need to confront in gentleness and love right now. And it could be as simple as something that happened when you got here this morning. Sister so-and-so didn't say the right thing or brother so-and-so ignored me. I don't know. But if you will just allow the Lord right in this moment, put a picture of someone before you that you need to go to. Someone that you need to say, hey, look inside my heart. Look inside my heart. This is how I feel. This is where I'm at. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you right now, God, to show us. Lord, just show us. Help us, God. This will profit us nothing to hear this message if we don't act. move of God is only going to be as strong as our relationships. So Father, I just, I pray now as we seal this time that we would be diligent, that we would be swift, that we would be quick, God, to go to those who have sinned against us or hurt us or just simply have a misunderstanding with God and we would go to them and show them here's my heart give us the strength God to walk this out
because we know you love us. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come up, and if you need some prayer, they'll be willing to pray with you. Maybe you just need to come to the altar. The Lord needs to have a mirror moment with you. He just needs you to come up and do some business with Him about what's in your heart. Maybe it's not their problem. Maybe there's just some ugliness He needs you to deal with. So either way, be blessed this day. Enjoy yourselves and uh, allow the Lord to walk with you in every place you go this week. Father, we thank you for all you're doing today. Thank you for all you've done. Pray for those, God, who've been sick and who can't be here, God. Restore their bodies and their health. Go with us all this week, Father. We need your presence. Thank you, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed day.